Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book on the big And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan The show where the bros are fans, or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Ben-Hameen, a.k.a. the Infinity Stoned, a.k.a. the Anti-Trife Equation, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ, a.k.a. Arsenio Holodeck, a.k.a. Rolling two chains here on the spaceship on the quest for the dark tower. Big shout out to my co-hosts for that last one. That's right. That's rolling two chains. Always following the man in black. Yup. Uh huh. You know how we do here on the spaceship for all nerds, the fan bros show. And as always, I am joined by Tatiana King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Ahura of this ship. Chance the Parappa, Colleen Wingstop. Shade Runner, shouts out to I'm Just D.E.O. for that one. Beretta nice. Scott King, Sean Jean, Luke Picard, and Trillquiz. Thank Ooh. you, Ben me for that one. I like that one a lot. Yes. That shit is dope. That shit is fire. <laughs> yes, yes. Shout out to the American gods. You know, G-A-W-S is the hashtag you should be using every week when watching American gods. That's uh huh. On stars every week and following the Fan Bro Show on Twitter, on Instagram, all that good stuff. Bitch, shout out to everybody who's already doing that. All our subscribers, everyone, the old and new listeners, welcome. I hope everybody's having a good week out there, man. How you doing, Tatiana? I'm I'm doing great this week. I just hope everybody is feeling as good as I am right now. I'm doing pretty well. I finally got to see Guardians of the Galaxy two. Had a great time during the movie. I think it's still a little too early to get too into too many details, so I'll refrain. But I will say that I did enjoy it. I know last week you had said that you think it's better than the first one. I really had a good time on the first one, too. So, I don't know. I just I just think they're both very well done and both stand on their own. Uh, and really, you can't really go wrong with either. So, I think they have done a great job of keeping up the character of Guardians of the Galaxy itself, the character of how these films are made. It doesn't take itself too seriously. There's lots of jokes. Of course, there's lots of in-jokes, but it's just also lots and lots of jokes and silly, just outrageous stuff that may not work otherwise. But because it works in the greater context of that series, it's really entertaining. So I had a great time with it. Okay. Now, like you said, we don't want to get too spoilery with, you know, some of the bid things in the movie, but it has been a week, so we can't talk about a few things. Okay. Like one of our, you know, the fan bros himself, L-O-Y-C, he said that the movie he felt kind of dragged in the middle. Like, there was a long point of them where they were doing nothing. But at the same time, he was saying that while they were doing nothing, it was still very entertaining and might have been one of the best parts of the movie. And I felt the same way. Like, Mm -hmm. when I was watching it, there was points where I was like, I really don't know if I want to watch this movie again. But then something would happen or there'd be like a big emotional moment, like when Drax is sitting with Mantis. And, you know, for a while, their jokes might be running a little thin, but then they have the big emotional payoff to it all where I'm just like, damn, like, oh. It feels like when they wrote it, they knew that they were stretching it almost too thin. They were going Uh just 
a bit too much on the jokes or a bit too much on one track. And yep. then at the moment where they know they would probably lose you as a viewer, they would flip it. And mm. I think, again, I think that's masterful in the way that's written because to be able to keep particularly very critical viewers, to be able to keep them even when you know they're about to leave the door, I think that's a that's very good writing technique. So overall, I think that they did a great job. I do too. Overall, I think they did a very great job. You know, there's some moments in the film that definitely hit me in the heart overall. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, there's some, there's some, Heart-wrenching thug yeah. tears up in here. Definitely came from Ben Amin in the theater. And now I reading about it. Thug-teared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thug teared I mean. it up. And and it was actually a surprise. Like, I knew I was into the characters. I knew I loved the characters. But I was surprised at my own reaction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like we say, people were really doing their thing throughout the movie. The actors and actresses, everyone involved. So, you know, when it came time for that moment, it was, ooh, that hurts. But one thing that I read after that I, after I've been you know reading reviews and everything was one person and people have been putting together this mystery since the first movie because James Dunn, the director, said that there's one huge Easter egg that no one had figured out from the first Guardians of the Galaxy because he's a huge fan of Easter eggs and it's pop full of them. You know the first. Oh one my and god! Second. Yeah, there's both a billion Easter eggs in this movie. By the way, keep your eyes all the way open from the beginning to the end. I'm telling you. Okay, but now let's get a little even deeper. One of the things in the first one is there's a lot of number sequences, like especially yep. on the screens when the characters are introduced. Now, people yep. have translated these numbers by just using a simple code of one equaling A, two equaling B, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Regular cipher. So yeah, read out different, you know, words and phrases. Now, what people started to do is figure out that there's numbers referring to planets and all that in the movie. Mm. And these numbers, when... Ha- after seeing some from, I think, both movies, you had to do it. Or even, like, I'm not sure exactly how they figured all this out. It's, like, you know, ridiculous, you know, searching. But it f- spells out, apparently, that in the first one. Really? So yes. they said it, what, three years ago? <laughs> really? Basically, because the coordinates of Ego's um, space and, yeah, planet in space make a reference to something that happens in the second movie that I don't want to give away just yet. Yeah. But that lets you know. Wow. Of course that's going to go over like everybody's head. You have to be an internet ninja to know about, to like really figure that out. I know there is, uh, I believe it was Marvel, some Marvel movie, but there's also some movies where, again, using numbers and stuff, some of the numbers actually refer to IP addresses. So they take you to certain mm. websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I believe it was Wonder Woman, matter of fact, that, that did it, um, or even Justice League. But point is, you're, you got to really keep your eyes open and you're going to do a lot of sleuthing. And I'm sure there was tons of stuff that even after a second viewing, you're still going to mess. Definitely, because that one, you know, people did not figure that out until recently. And I don't know even James Gunn has confirmed it yet because he said right. he's not speaking about any spoilers till after like May 17th. But how's so, that a spoiler if it was talking about something that happened in the first movie? But it's also his big secret that he's been keeping since the first movie. And that's also a bit of a spoiler to the second movie when you really think about it. You know, we don't want to get too much more into that without oh, you giving can't, away. Ooh, you might have to beat that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just we thought about to, it. <laughs> we might have to edit a few things well, well, on that. You know. Don't worry. When you guys hear this, you're not going to know what we're talking about anyway. <laughs> None of that at all. 
But, you know, you're speaking about Wonder Woman, so I got to give a quick shout out to DC because they are popping in New York right now. Oh, now after I complain and after Fan Bros gets in the ass, then all of a sudden they're going to be popping. All right. Popping. I can't lie, though. That joint is everywhere now right it's now. everywhere. On the subway, Times Square, it is everywhere. And it looks dope. You know, the poster's huge, yeah. large. It looks fire. So Quite literally, that stuff popped up in a week because... This has, I'm telling you, I'm in the city all the time. There were no giant billboards for months. Again, it comes out June 2nd. So they decided, oh, we're going to go hard the right the month before. Fine. But I was always very irritated and upset about that because I just felt like they, they didn't really carry it and push it as hard as, it didn't feel like they was pushing it as hard as, say, a Justice League that doesn't even come out for until next year. But to your point, yes. Now they're going hard with everything. You've seen also the new trailer, teaser trailer that came out, um, I think another about a week ago as well. What did you think about that? Fire. Fire. Agreed. Agreed. The only thing is it's still just that general look of DC films. And that was something even Guardians of the Galaxy that I was really hype about because they used a different digital camera on that one and on Strange that the other Marvel films hadn't been using. And it brings out a brightness to the color that I felt even Marvel really hasn't had yet. And so that, you know, that changeover is hype for me. Yeah, Guardians is very, like, colorful and bright. Yeah, and DC is even worse for that. So that's my only yeah. problem with anything I've seen from Wonder Woman is that dull gray, yeah. you know. Do you darkness. do you are you feeling that kind of dull palette? Like no. just across all of the the DC hero no, movies. No, it's no. like DC to me even more than Marvel is like big, bright and colorful. It's you know, just over the top, it's larger than life, it's these gods with these huge, bright, powerful powers, you know, in these bright cities like Metropolis is this bright, beautiful city. You know, Gotham, of course, is Gotham. But Gotham it's not... is trifling. Gotham is supposed yes. to have this brooding look to it no matter what. Even it could be broad daylight, it's supposed to look brooding in most of the areas. Mm-hmm. But that's Gotham. Why does like it's always dreary, regardless of what city you're in in always. DC films. It's always that grainy, gritty stuff. Like they, they, I feel like they are taking it too far when it comes to saying, "Hey, this is DC. We're dark. We're the we're the serious <laughs> dark universe, and everything got to be gritty and dark." Like why? Like that palette, I think is actually draining a bit because when you're sitting there constantly watching this 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 grayscale almost um unless you're in certain lights it's om- again it's just almost a straight grayscale throughout the entire thing and you're sitting there actually feeling tired like i'm telling you like colors mean something mean a lot when especially when you're looking at it on these huge screens it really does not just change your perception, but it also changes your emotions when you're watching things. There's a reason why certain colors are used in certain situations, obviously. But then to kind of not have any variety throughout an entire feature film, I, that might be a mistake. No, it's more than might be a mistake. A lot of it has to do with them shooting the scenes at dark because it makes the special effects easier to render and all that. But at one point, you got to bring it to the light because that's just what, like, at least Civil War, even though the camera wasn't that updated one, when they had that fight in the airport, you know, it's nice, it's outside, you can see everything, it's bright and colorful. I mean, that was ill. And speaking yeah. of bright and colorful and something that's going to be ill is your boy, the man, Donald Glover. Can he yeah. do no wrong? What can he do? 
is now making an adult animated Deadpool show for FXX. That is going to be amazing. We we already know Donald can write his ass off. I know yep. some people, there are some folks that, that really don't care for his writing uh, or for wow. Atlanta, but I do. And this is right up his alley. This this is that, that, that sarcastic, witty, quick, dirty type of humor that he can do with his eyes closed. So I think that this is going to be great. And I, and I find it interesting that he's doing the Deadpool animated show because then you have Zay-Z doing Deadpool 2, the movie, as Domino. And I'm just like, well, if y'all both basically doing Deadpool stuff, that means Atlanta season two is never coming out. <laughs> like, I mean, when Donald is he going to have time? Lion King. He has Hans. Yeah. He now has Deadpool. Look. Hey, you know, Atlanta just might be that one and done and you can't be mad at that. Like, you know, it it was classic. Oh, you know, that's so sad if it, if it does end up a one and done. It, it is. But as long as everybody involved keeps getting work, you know, I'm not mad at it, you know, because True. they can keep going on and making other things. And I really want to see this Deadpool show now. So, I mean, I'd love to see Atlanta season two as well. And I'm sure Donald knows that everybody out there wants to. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But this I'm definitely hyped for because, like you said, he can write all that. I'm just really hyped for one thing because it's like there's always a problem in comics and TV and film, everything, where it's like a black person only gets to write black stuff. You know, and so for them to give Donald this, you know, big-ass role, Deadpool, you know, creating this new show, a huge, you know, product, like, proven product for fox like that's mm-hmm. you know salute to him i know a lot of people have said there's a lot of other you know black writers in hollywood that also could have gotten this you know chance mm-hmm. but at the same time donald's hot right now he's popping so he gonna get the popping chances right, right they're gonna go with the hot person you see how they do it with um peel jordan peel so <laughs> Like when you hot, you hot. <laughs> I mean, granted, you have the you have the juice as well. You have the actual talent, but when you're hot, you're hot, and they're going to pile on opportunities for you. I mean, and forget all that. It's like you know, look at people like the dude who. I mean, not to disrespect my man, King Kong was a great joint, but you know, the dude who directed King Kong had done one film before that. And then he gets King Kong, you know, so. Right, right. You know, at the same time, this is, you know, it's definitely not enough. Definitely need the door, like, bust wide open for more creators of color. Uh, And not just black creators, Asian creators, um, uh, First Nation creators. Like, there's, there's so many people that need to be able to come through because we got stories, crazy stories. We have the juice and I'm just so ready. I've always been ready to get this popping. And that's why I'm always cheering on when people get the big stuff. I'm also just like you, Ben, I'm also cheering on and supporting those who are doing their own independent stuff. Because it's when they do the independent stuff that eventually it turns into the bid stuff. And yep. if you don't support it at the base level, then it's never going to get turned into those giant products. Yep, you know, yep. like that, supported that's, Deadpool when yeah. he was just a comic book and now Deadpool is everywhere. Right. I'm not rich, but I definitely put in my, my monetary resources, whatever I can. I know a lot of people who have reached out to us, whether when they're doing their own projects, whether it's comics or they're doing videos and things like that. If I really fucks with your project, I will give you money. So always definitely reach out to Fan Bros. Make sure you are emailing us. Make sure you are tweeting us, telling us about your project so that we can signal boost your projects. And if you need assistance in getting to the next level, we can 
can run with each other. If it's a situation where you want to share your your Kickstarters or whatever you use, do that because that's what we're here. That's what we're, we're here to amplify the voices of the geeks, man. We're here for the people of color for sure. Word up, Tatiana. And on that note, I want to give a big shout out to my homie Isabel Reyes and check out her film Voyeur right now on Kickstarter. Right. You can, you know, just go to Kickstarter, hit up Voyeur on there, the Voyeur film. She is running her Kickstarter right now. And like I said, we always support people and she is one of those awesome people that you need to support. So please check it out. Isabel Reyes, she's on Facebook. If you need to know more about it, she'll be happy to tell you about it. And that's what we do over here at Fan Bros. And, you know, once again, I have to shout out everyone who has been sending in their information, wanting to join up with us, you know, wanting to spread this love to the universe out here, join the spaceship on the mission. Thank you to everyone. Anyone else who is interested, if you have any type of talent at all, or if you just feel, even if you feel like you're talentless and you can just <laughs> contribute to the mission somehow, hit us up, contact at fanbros.com. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more fan bros. Nobody's talentless. <laughs> For maybe Universal FanCon is a brand new convention coming to the Baltimore Convention Center in April of 2018. FanCon will be a round-the-clock event featuring comics, cosplay, gaming, celebrity guests, music, and more with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Get your tickets now at UniversalFanCon.com because geek is universal. And welcome back, fam bros. Hope you've been enjoying this episode, but we're about to get it a little turned up in here because we have another amazing interview hot off the presses. This one, you know, gets a little heated up in the spaceship for this one right here. Just a little bit. You know we don't we don't take punches like that, so, you know. You know, and you might throw some. <laughs> you know, we had a volatile, you know, one of the hot artists, you know, real hot right now. Artist, my man Sanford Green was up in the spaceship. You know, the artist on the recent run of Power Man and Iron Fist, as well as the artist for the insane poster covers, poster slash cover for Charlemagne the God's Black Privilege book. If you got the book and you've seen this poster, it is sick. I mean, sick. Shout out to Sanford. And we have the artist himself here in the spaceship tonight. What's going on, Sanford? How you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good, man. Wow, you sound Ooh. like uh, you sat. Thank you, thank you. You sound like uh, <laughs> you sound like a DJ from like 1975 or something, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that if that's a compliment right. or not. Uh, you know that, but yeah. I, I take it as a compliment, man. I mean. Is better than uh you know ten times better than these so-called DJs today, man. Wow, well I am one of those so-called DJs today, so that's awesome. <laughs> hey, you're, you're hey, but you're you're so-called you're you know you might be today, but you got a you got a soulful voice, man. Oh well, thank you very much, sir. Well, thank you very much, and <laughs> you know you're on. Who said you had the quiet storm voice? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that love light. Love, light, and flight, quiet storm, you know, whatever, you know, those uh, those good silky voices, man. So that's some good stuff. Hey, well, you know, you're also a very soulful artist yourself. So, you know, that's oh. high praise coming from you. Nice segue. I like that. Hey, thank you. That's, you know, that is my middle name. 
like I said, we are talking to Sanford Green, the artist on Power Man and Iron Fist. And you've already said in the past that Power Man is one of your favorite characters ever. So, you know, right away, what was it like when you got that call? Like, yo, you know, you're gonna, you know Power Man, Iron Fist, what you going to do? <laughs> and, uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I was... Um, at first, I was taken back because, you know, like you mentioned, I I grew up uh, adoring the character um, as a young black boy uh, living in the uh, suburbs. Uh, I, I would even I wouldn't even say suburbs. I, I lived out in the country. It was the the boonies, the sticks, and um, there wasn't a whole lot of resources there, and. Uh, there was a gas station, a local uh, gas station and a local Kmart that carried a few comics. I saw this this comic on a, the spinner rack. You guys remember those uh, when you had the uh, comics, you know, they were on the spinner rack. And um, I saw, you know, this, this black guy with some muscles and lifting up a car and bending iron and I was just uh, taken back by it and um, I bought that book uh, I begged my mom to, um, to buy the book and um, you know I was I was hooked because he was a character that you know I've, I've, I saw Superman I saw Spider-Man Batman but this character was he was a black guy and um, I was just uh, floored by it and I <clears throat> tried to find those comics featuring uh, Luke Cage uh, for for a while only got a few when I was young, but I had always was just fascinated by the character because it was the first time that I was uh, I guess becoming self aware, um, you know, being who I am and the way that I look, and to see this character in a book, in a comic, in a Marvel comic. It, uh, it started giving me, you know, um, small aspirations of maybe one day being able to, to draw characters like this, mm. uh, like what I saw. And, uh, I guess full circle, that's, that call kind of took me back to that, that, that moment that I started to have those, um, those revelations about, you know, what I wanted to do in my life. And, uh, it was, uh, it was kind of an emotional time, uh, not, not, you know, not something, you know, to the point to where I was teary eyed, but at the same time, I was a little emotional because, you know, that little, you know, eight year old kid started to uh, come out when I was uh, offered the uh, the title. OK, well, speaking of favorites, also, like you said, you go back with Power Man and Iron Fist. So what's your favorite run? I mean, besides your own from the characters? Um. Uh, Wow, uh, Billy Graham. Uh, well, honestly, John Byrne. You know, he kind of he was the first. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know like artists like what they you know looked like. Obviously, back in those times, you just saw a name, and and it didn't really make much sense to me. But once I started getting a few issues, um, I noticed the same names um, in the books, and um, that run was pretty pretty significant because it was some of the first. Um, issues that I that I got uh, John Byrne and, I, and Billy Graham obviously because um, when I got started uh, on this title uh, did some research and, and realized that Billy Graham uh, he was an artist of color and that really mm. uh, 
made made a, a significant difference uh, for me, and it made this run that much more special because his run, it, it, it wasn't that long, um, but um, it made me go back and um, pick up uh, some of his work as well. What about the, was it, is Mark Bright, right, who did some of the ending Iron Fist? Um, yeah. M.D. Bright, yeah. I mean, he was M.D. Bright at the time. Yes, yeah. 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 Didn't get a lot of that, but definitely, um, you know, the others, I, I, I got those. He was always crazy to me because I never knew he was a brother as well. Yeah, he, he is a yeah, he's a brother. Yeah, and that all that blew me away because I was a huge fan of his, especially during Iron Fist and Iron Man. Right. And so when I like when you know when I found that out years later, like we're friends on Facebook now, but it just always blows me away that you know that I was a brother working in the industry, and it's like we just really didn't know back then. Yeah, it, it it's so uh, it's such a surreal experience when you. You know, um, you're in this industry now, and um, you have people like um, like Larry Stroman and um, Dennis Cowan. You know, I grew up reading these guys. You know, on, on their various works. You know, at Marvel and at DC as well. And um, you just never, it, it just never equated that. You know, this might be someone, person of color, creating this stuff. You just saw the characters and. You know that was what you, what you you knew, and um, to have uh, a lot of these creators from that time uh, reach out to me and and uh, show support for what I'm doing now uh, it means a lot. Do you feel like there's more opportunities now for uh, creators of color, or or has it gotten better or worse? Man, um, <laughs> it's a loaded question right there. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this is fan bro show yeah this is fan bro so i i guess we'll keep it 100 then if you want to uh you know most definitely let's, yeah let's go there but um yes and no i think it's um it's definitely now more than ever um the diversity drum is beating um at uh an all-time high um however um I know you guys kind of know what uh, what's happening here at my um, my steam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously. Uh, Let's speak yeah. about that. <laughs> well, there might have been a few statements. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but since you said it's heavy right now, but um, it, it's been it's been uh, very um, challenging to to see some of the the words that has been said, you know, on on both sides you know our our side um and i and i and i will say our side because you know i'm still employed there uh for now <laughs> but uh there there's there was some serious missteps and and i think um marvel has realized that or they're starting to i shouldn't say they realized it they're starting to um i try to at least give them the benefit of the doubt i know you know the minute there's a a an inkling of some off-putting words um social media can be like bloodhounds and uh you know i i i know that there's two sides to every story and i think one of the things that um that again not going too far down this uh, rabbit hole but Diversity is such a serious issue 
in in terms of how do we create diverse characters for a community that's steadily growing uh, with diversity. I think one of the, the, the things, and this is just, and I'll say this, I can't say this with confidence. I think you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to working with these um, these corporate characters. I think it has been a, a mistake. Well, a misstep in creating or trying to reinvent the, the wheel, if you will, with diverse characters. Like, I'll give you an example. I think, you know, Thor being a woman, um, I think that was, and this is just a, a microcosm of the bigger picture. I'm, I'm just using her right now. I think that character was, it was misused, mishandled. It, it, yeah, it's, it's gotten some, um, some praise, but you have the traditional fan who looks at that and they're not really feeling a woman Thor. Mm -hmm. They want, you know, they want their, their Thor that they grew up with, you know, um, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know. Could you go into more about what you mean about that character mishandled? Well, it, not necessarily, I I shouldn't say mishandled. I think they just kind of, they missed an opportunity to where they could appease both sides. And when you kind of just take out this character that has had, that's had such a rich history and you say, well, we got a woman taking, you know, taking up the, the hammer now that, that that's great for the growing new audience, but you got this core audience who's, taken back by this and what has happened and this is the industry as a whole um okay so you have their esteemed competition who basically says we're not going to go this direction anymore because we realized that we were trying to do the same thing um to some degree and it was mishandled in that sense as well so they went back to the traditional, you know, look of, of all their characters. And with that, it has, it, it, it brought about this, I guess, this um, false sense of we finally got our, our characters back. We got our characters back. And that became almost the perception became reality in the industry, if you understand what I'm saying. So basically you have fans, traditional fans, that are happy to see these old characters come back in this one company, and then Marvel's looking at this, and they're like, okay, they somehow made this thing come about in a way that's the perception is this is what people want overall. Whereas that's not necessarily true, but what it, what happened is it became 
the perception became almost reality because it was more and more people seemingly saying, yes, we finally got our characters back. So, Marvel in, in its, I guess, um, neurotic, you know, response would, you know, start to feel a little insecure about these diverse characters and they start pulling them and are making statements about stuff dealing with diversity because they think people don't want diversity. Um, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, it it does in a it does in a way, but then I also have to question, you know, because I'm also an old school cat who's been reading these characters forever at the same time, and like in the instance of Thor, you know, I remember when Thor was a frog, you know, I also remember when Beta Ray Bill was Thor for like two three years. Yeah, and it's like, I was gonna mention Beta Ray Bill. So the only difference here being is that now it's a woman. And I understand that there's going to be old school fans who are taken aback, but I also understand that these characters are very fluid and it shouldn't be such an issue. And I, I like, I disapprove of Marvel, honestly. I mean, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt as well because they put out a lot of books that I still enjoy. But by the same token, I also accept the fact that both Marvel and DC, you know, I don't work for them so I can say this bluntly, they are falling behind the times. You know, like mm-hmm. the the company I read the most of is Image. And behind that is probably Valiant because right. they're not, you know, going for this type of nonsense. And it's like just because a character was one way at one time doesn't mean it should stay that way all the time. And I tell people all the time, like, just because you grew up with something doesn't mean that's the way it should be now. That's just like... That's because characters weren't the same way when you grew up with them. Right. Yeah, so I understand where you're coming from, Sanford, but I also, like, disagree heavily with that one. <laughs> I think I think that, yeah, I think that Marvel made a big mistake saying that, and their sales prove it. Like, the books that are hitting are diverse books. Their sales are just falling in general because, like, the X-Men was trash for the last few years, you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah like, to, to add on to his point, it's something that I had said last week or possibly the week before on our show when this came up, that, that whole conversation about whether diversity was hurting sales. It's not the diversity. It's when you just arbitrarily throw a character in for saying, oh, I'm trying to hit this mark or I'm trying to hit this quota. And then the st- following story is trash. Like you still have to have a good story. You still have to have a good plan for this character you just can't say oh let's meet the quota of making sure we get a woman in there then obviously the end result is not going to be good so in that right if people are saying oh the story is not good that's one thing but to just simply say oh well thor has always been a man now it's a woman i'm mad that's that sounds very backwards to me right well i you're preaching to the choir i'll be on i'm just here to tell you that because that's that's the conversations that I've, that I've had before they made this statement. And I said those things to them as well. You know, um, I'm just, you know, a messenger. <laughs> I'm just telling you, this is kind of the mindset. Un- unfortunately, um, they, they look at <clears throat> the trajectory of, I say the next 12 months. Um, well, the last 12 months and they, they, they looked at that. And they saw, okay, what's selling now? You know, overall, right? True. There's there's diverse characters that are doing well, but overall, um, you know, 
at the end of the day, we got to deal with these retailers. And I say we, they, they have to deal with these retailers who, for the most part, are middle-aged Caucasians, male, on top of that. So yeah. you, you're, you're dealing with 40-year-old white guys who grew up with their characters a certain way. And, and this is the part, you said it, uh, Tatiana, um, exactly what I was saying to them is that why, and this is kind of goes back to me saying throwing the baby out with a bat. It's like they, 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 they got to give you, we're going to make this character, you know, a woman or this character black or this or whatever. Why not just create new characters, build them up, nurture them in story, in, in, you know, um, an established story, mm-hmm. and then eventually have them spin off to go to their own, their own title. Because now you're going to, um, you're, you're going to have a character that has substance that is going to have a true following. Um, I think characters like Riri Williams, um, Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur, these characters are tremendous characters. Um, you need more of those kind of characters built-in established stories to eventually go off and have their own stories. That's the thing I think will make um, long-lasting characters. That will, that will also build an audience. But I know, again, unfortunately, it's all about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what can we get a pop out of immediately. And but how would they know that with a brand new character they couldn't get a pop unless they try? Like I understand from a business perspective, you have to be risk averse and all the other stuff. But mm-hmm. at the same token, what's really from a financial perspective, Marvel, DC, whomever, um, who's the big, the bigger ones? What's stopping them from right. essentially opening the doors to these new characters? So I, I feel what you're saying about allowing for new characters to be built and then grow in that sp- in their own space and then go on and you know f- to flourish but also i think you can do both right and and that's and that's what i'm saying is that you can you can have your your established characters and then you can have these new characters instead of switching them instead of saying i'm going to make you know captain america you know make him a black captain america and then we got to do away with this other one you can have Two of those. If you if you come together, um, and we got we got some great creative people out there, there should be a way to have these characters coexist. And technically, they they, they do um, kind of coexist, but it's almost to the point to where you know they're switching places more than more than coexisting. Um, and that's a lot of the characters, especially the the the, the bigger the bigger ones, and and. My whole thing with that was, <clears throat> you know, just build these characters up and let these characters have their their own um, legacy, and just trust that the audience is going to come to those characters not not just because Thor is a woman, but because it's a great story that happens to have a, a woman in it, and you're going to get that audience. I mean, the audience is not stupid. They're not going to, um, they're going to see the pandering a mile away. 
you know, and, and I think that's, that's for the most part, I think that's what it feels like um, to a lot of folks. So when stuff doesn't really, so that those comments, again, they were, they were kind of uh, mistaken, but there's an old proverb that says, um, it goes the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Sometimes you can talk and the more you talk, the more truth comes out, <laughs> mm. you know? And, and I think that's, um, that's, that's something to be said. You know, because there's 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 something there that was said that got that has some truth in it. Um, but what type of truth or what what specific truth? Um, that's the uh, that's the thing that we need to identify. Okay, now I do have to say, like yeah. I, I I I do feel your point about characters getting their own like space to grow in. But I also feel like at the same time, like we were talking about Beta Ray Bill, he was just introduced into the main Thor comic and, you know, boom, one day he was Thor. And it's like, I just feel there's a difference, you know, being applied in today's world. Maybe it's because more people have something to say, et cetera, et cetera. It's also a double standard. Mm-hmm. Quite, quite simply, it is a double standard. But on that note, though, we also have like, you know, we were talking about, you know, the various changes to characters and how things have been adapted to other mediums. So, you know, we recently had Luke Cage, you know, hit Netflix. So, I mean, how did that feel for you having grown up with this character? And what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, felt proud to have been a part of such a um one of those lightning in a bottle kind of situations i guess and um and and it's one of those things where the one thing that i would say i wish um we could have capitalized off of that even more and i know you know that sounds kind of odd saying it like that but um what do you mean capitalize off of it more well i think with what we did, what we're doing with the with the comic, or what we what we did with the comic, uh-huh. was it was it was great. But there was the, Luke Cage broke the internet. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's yeah. like the show broke the internet because there were so many people trying to check it out. I don't think there's ever been a show from Netflix, you know, short history that's done that. Not even Stranger Things. I don't think I, I can't remember, but. At least in the most recent free, uh, uh, recent free, uh, past, really, Luke Cage was the only thing to to break the service essentially, break right. the uh, Netflix service. Right. Yeah. And and my whole thing is, you know, I know that there's, you know, there are a few folks that are comic readers that um, were in that number, but if we could have just pulled somehow pulled more of what we were doing with the comic and cross promote, if you will, with the, um, with the show, I think we would have gotten that. We would have gotten more of that diverse audience because that audience is, they may not necessarily be Wednesday warriors, but there are folks that would pick up a Luke Cage comic if they knew it existed. You know what I mean? It's like, and I know I'm, I'm I'm speaking a little candid here. I think one of the things that we we learned or le- we're learning 
me and David specifically is that <clears throat> this audience that I'm, I'm speaking about, you know, and, you know, specifically the black audience, they like this kind of stuff, but they don't really buy the comics, you know, and um, they 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 like the characters. They 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 would go to watch the movies. They'll watch the, the shows online. It is not, you know, this is not I'm talking about there's there's this audience that just hasn't really been reached out to um, just from our research because we we go to shows all the time mm -hmm. and we we meet folks that more often than not not we will meet a person of color and they say and they will say something to the effect of man where do I find this 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 comic you'll see the comics that we have and they don't even have knowledge of the fact that there's there's comic out there or uh, places that you can actually buy them you know which is fascinating to me you know because you're talking I, right now I'm talking to two obvious fans people mm -hmm. that you, you buy your you buy your comics, right? But there's a whole other audience out there that are liking this stuff, or at least the the, the little that they've seen, like the Luke Cage show or stuff and stuff like that. And we're we're talking about trying to grow this industry, you know, trying to get this industry to the next level. And that part to me was like, man, here is that one that one show. I think if 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 it was really examined and 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 what's the word if it was really uh the strategy would have could have been something to the effect of we need to put i, I don't know put comics you know digital comics at the beginning of the show or some i don't know i you know it's something that where folks who watch that show could, you know, get a glimpse of the comic or read the first issue. I don't know, a giveaway, something, you know. Something, something to kind of drive engagement to yeah, actually read the comics. You know, so I'm, I'm sorry for going on a tangent there, but I think that's one of the things that, you know, I, 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 do, I do know for a fact with all of the opportunities that's out there for people to see our characters, we still have this this weird kind of like inclusive. Not well, I I wouldn't even say exclusive. We try to we try to keep we don't try to keep people out, but we just don't try to pull people in. If that makes sense, like if we if we're into it, we're into it, but we don't really push to get more people into it. Not on average. You know, I mean, your show might be, you know, your show is a platform for a lot of that audience. But, you know, but at the same time, you know, the folks that listen to your show are probably people that buy comics anyway, <laughs> you know, or at least, you know, yeah. we're trying to get these new folks. How can we reach right. new people that will flip out over Luke Cage? But that's as far as it goes, you know? Mm. Okay. That's okay. Fair. That's fair. I yeah, and I definitely understand that. But at the same time, again, I had to say that, like, with our show, we've always been the type to bring people in. Like, that is our main mission and goal is to bring more people in. And there's been a hella ton of people who've hit me up and said they never read a comic before, but they've copped one after they've listened to Comics I Copped, you know, our comic segment where we distrust new comics every week. 
So I think that the I, I do understand what you're saying, but I also feel like there has to be more of a push from, you know, like both like the creative side and the executive side to reach out to these people out there and, and, and let them know. And maybe well, some type of innovation, too, because as Ben, I mean, said, like I was I'm part of the show. I've been on the show for three years and I didn't even I wasn't reading comic books whatsoever. I was into animation. So I knew a lot of the stories based on what I saw in the cartoons. And then it was really through education from the show with Ben Amin and, and everyone else where I was like, oh, OK, there's a whole nother world there. So the, the, the other side of it is it's a much longer lead time. It's a much longer timeline to get people who weren't wouldn't normally read comic books into that loop because it's different from for some people it is really different from reading a novel for instance it is different from reading um fiction or nonfiction or whatever like it, it is a it's a different feeling and people have to make that connection for me the only way i was able to make that connection not was not from the marvels and the dcs it was from as Benami said, it was from the Valiants. It was from the, the the Wicked and the Divines. It was those types of books where I was seeing more of myself in it, where I was like, oh, okay, there's this whole nother medium that I've been ignoring for so long. And I think, to Ben's point, if the executive side and the creative side are more innovative and tap into that side, which also correlates with that earlier conversation about putting uh, new stories, new characters, giving people these chances to... Um, grow these these spaces with real great stories then you would start seeing more people want to reach for a comic book and you you nailed it i I have again i have you know i have to uh be very meticulous in how i see things no that's (laughs) (laughs) we understand mr nda we got it (laughs) i'm sorry because I, i feel like i was dancing around the subject or, or at least the going, you know, not going directly at the, the point because of, you know, specific things that, you know, mm-hmm. necessarily speak on. But at the same time, you know, you said it. Cool. No problem at all. Well, okay. You survived the interview segment of Ambrose show, <laughs> you know, very meticulously and carefully. And, you know, we now have the rap segment where I think you can let loose a little bit more. And, you know, it's our rapid fire segment. So are wow. you ready? <laughs> yeah. First of all, what, what is this called again? The rap segment. Like a gunshot. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought <laughs> like an acronym for something like rap. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah. the- brothers resistant. Nah, I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't try it, Ben. Don't try it. Trust me. Trust me. I'm I'm over here writing down in my pad right now. Brat. <laughs> well, if you come up with one, let us know. I'm gonna have something for you before the end of the show. Okay. All right. All right. Well, the first one up: Falcon or War Machine? Falcon. Okay. I don't know if I should be asking this, but Luke Cage <laughs> or Black Panther? Really? Really? <laughs> Hey, you hey, I've seen I've gotten surprised before, so. Um Luke Cage by way of Black Panther. No, I'm just kidding. Luke. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. The Wire or Breaking Bad? Oh, The Wire. Mm, mhm. That was easy. Mm-hmm. Uh yep. Magneto or Professor X? Magneto. Okay, okay. Lex Luthor or Doctor Doom? Oh, Doom. 
Mm, mm -hmm. All the Strong way. Choice. Yes. Yeah, that, that's so far so good. These are easy ones. <laughs> All right. Wakanda or Zamunda? <laughs> Wakanda. Nice. <laughs> right. Storm or Misty Night? Ooh. <sighs> All right. This is a little. <laughs> um. Can I can I give my reason for what I'm about to say? Yep. Storm because she's the first black female that I see I saw in comics. Mm. Okay. She's an X-Men, so that you know the X-Men was it was all about diversity back then, you know. Somewhat. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> They did right. kill the Native American in one oh, issue. Oh, no. Yeah. They, took, they, took, they, took, they took war. Uh, what's his name? Warpath? <laughs> right off the path. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Warpath. That's not cool. All right. This path ended. Stop, Ben. I mean, please. No, I was like, Warpath took a short path. <laughs> PLZ, please. Okay. okay. Star Wars, Star Wars, or Star Trek? Oh, Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to say Star Wars before you even said Star Trek. <laughs> Damn, okay. All right. What is your favorite Wesley Snipes movie? <laughs> oh. Honestly, Blade 2. Okay. Mm -hmm. Blade 1 is close, but Blade 2. Blade 2 is the winner. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, comic books or hip hop? One gotta go. What oh. do you choose? Oh man. Well, hip hop. Hip hop gotta go. No, 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 no. I'm choosing hip hop. Oh. Oh, you choosing hip hop to stay? So that means comic books are eradicated forever. Eradicated. Based on well, you know what? Ha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that does pay the bills. It does pay the bills. It pays the bills. And as you know, the first thing came to my head about, you know, I was going to make the statement about, well, you know, comics are different now, but hip hop is different now. I don't, I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even call it hip hop anymore. I mean, you got your whatever young whoever in these those jokers so no ouch i take it back we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna go with uh keeping comments eradicating hip rap, rap not hip-hop okay we're, we're... Well, that's not what the question was but okay yeah. <laughs> you can't just change your question no, i'm joking it's fine i'm trying to do i'm trying to do some like jedi stuff with you and you know <laughs> Nah. Uh, excuse me, sir. I know what I said. I said what I said. It's yes, all right. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, ma'am. It's all right. Okay. What character death in any medium, books, TV, films, comics, whatever, hurts you the most? Okay. I'm going to do something re recent. Hopefully, this won't be too much of a spoiler because I think everyone's seen the movie already. Um, and that's uh, Logan. Oh. oh. That, oh. that one got to me actually. Yeah. Same. Yeah. That, that one got to me. I was like, okay. I, I'm like, all right, okay. You know, we all know this is the the last one that uh, Hugh Jackman is doing, but at that at the same time, I'm like, 
okay, I'm, I'm a little misty-eyed over here. I mean, X-23 and just how she portrayed it was, man, you know, it made me think about my kids, all kinds of crazy stuff. So I was just like, okay. Oh, yeah. No, that 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 is a, you know, we, we might have to bleep you for spoilers, but yeah, folks, that was a rough one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone, anyone that hasn't seen that yet, shame on them. So Yeah, but ooh, I think they'll get the point. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. All right. And the final, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? To manipulate time. Mmm. Oh, very that's good one. A, that's a dangerous one, but that's a good one. Yes. <laughs> it's very powerful. They're all dangerous. <laughs> I mean, you know, either either like the Flash or, you know, like Time Master or something. Any one of those that would allow me to have more time or to... I wouldn't necessarily redo anything because I think we, you know, what we learned, we should learn from our past. We should. Um, but I definitely would slow time down or something mm. like that. So... All right. right. Okay. All right. I survived. I, I survived. Yes you, <laughs> yes, you did. You did survive. Thank you so much. Yes, you have survived the Brat segment, so you have survived Fanbrew Show. Thank you again for joining us, Sanford. Before you go, can you please let the audience know where they can find you online and otherwise? Um, you can find me Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Sanford Green. All right. Well... Thank you for joining us here. And Farron Bros, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to wrap up this episode. Hi, this is Marjorie Liu. And when I'm not bitching about Ex Machina the movie, I'm listening to Fan Bros. This is Tanahasi Coates. And when I am not reading Wicked and Divine or Darth Vader or Velvet, I'm chilling with the Fan Bros. Hello, this is Lexi Alexander. When I'm not on Twitter or kicking people to the head, I'm listening to Fan Bro Show. Should I try it without an accent? It'll never happen. This is Daniel Jose Older. When I'm not writing best-selling ass novels, I'm listening to the Fan Bros. Hi guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you are not skiing, roller skating, skateboarding, punching people out, you should be listening to Fan Bros. The best people are. Okay, gotta go. Love you, love you. Bye-bye. And welcome back, fam bros. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sam for Green. Shout out to him. Also has a new book, Bitter Root, dropping in 2018. So make sure you look out for that and everything else that he'll be doing this year. You know, the brother is working. Shout out to Charlemagne the God. You know, New York Times bestseller with that brat black privilege. Yo, oh my God. And you know, since we're taking this trip right now, you know, going on this boat, I gotta tell <laughs> a story. I might have to post the pictures tomorrow because. You know, as we get on this boat, you know, today I was on the subway and I guess oh, the boy. subway was headed to this place we're headed right now because there was a woman on this subway that oh, I was boy. on. Was it the A train? Was it, it the was six train? the A train. Or was it the six train? It's one of them. No, it was the A. It was the A. And, you know, the woman was a Caucasian woman wearing a shirt that said black privilege on it. <clears throat> okay. 
Okay. You know, so like I said, we're in this boat and we're, you know, taking this trip right now to this little place called Trifling Heights. And I'm going to take that woman, you know, right off the subway and she can take her ass right along here too because there's a few other people making that trip to Trifling Heights tonight. And mm, I, I was just taken aback. I did get photo evidence. So, so you know, like I said, shout out to Charlemagne the God. It looks like you were doing all kind of things out here, boy. Mm. Ooh. Mm, wow. Mm, yeah. Mm. That was next <laughs> level arrogance. But I mean, speaking <laughs> of next level arrogance, today, that McGowan was tasked as the Hawaiian native. I'm not going to butcher this man's name. Benny Hakaka Kanahele. There we go. In the upcoming World War II film, once again, I don't want to butcher this, but I'll go. I'll give it a try. Nayahau. I. Neither of us will say it uh, correctly. So please, Pacific Islanders, please correct us. Please um, do. Niyao? I know I'm uh, a little closer, but probably not right. But yeah. yes, so to Ben's point. No, but point, speaking Zach, of not right, you know. Like, speaking <laughs> of not right. Speaking of not right, to Ben's point, Zach McGowan was cast as the lead in uh, Niyao, a historical World War II drama that's being directed by Gabriel Robertson. And the story is about um, Kanahele, um, uh, ben, quote unquote, that's his that's his nickname, Ben Kanahele, who saved the life of a Japanese pilot named Shigenori Nishikaichi. Um, this is a pilot that crashed on the island. Um, and this pilot actually was part of the bombing of Pearl, Parler, uh, Pearl Harbor, but Ben didn't know this. So um, th- this basically just tells a story of him saving the pilot, helping the pilot out, and then finding out after the fact that this pilot was involved in the whole bombing situation. What is horrible about this is, is Ben Ben is native to the Pacific Islands, okay? He he he's native to Niao and he's a native Hawaiian. You have his pictures. He is he's a famous uh leader, island leader. He had he has received the Purple Heart and all this other stuff. Um Zach McGowan, as far as I know, is not Hawaiian. No. Not even close. <laughs> like I, I was just like, there's no way to say it except for, and as far as I know, he he doesn't have any Hawaiian heritage in him. I don't know the full story with him. The obviously, obviously, the biggest issue is this is blatant whitewashing, blatant, yeah. and not only blatant, but it it it, it seems just stupid considering everything. Not that whitewashing is a new phenomena, but the fact that it's just been had a, a a microscope on it at least for the last three years <laughs> and you they still did it anyway you just made me think of ludicrous it's a new phenomenon <laughs> I, if Not nothing really. else so here's the thing if nothing else you couldn't hire a hawaiian actor you couldn't hire someone who looks absolutely nothing like Ben, but he he's Pacific Islander, like uh, Jason Momoa or something like that. Like, I just I just feel like if you're going to just be reckless with it, at least stay within that heritage somewhat. No, they just want to just do whatever they want. And now I'm just sitting here like, so what are they going to have to do to um, Zach McGowan to make him look more like Ben Conahaley? You know, oh, 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 I don't this reminds me of a little mm-hmm. person named. 
Yeah. I'm not even gonna bring her up right now, but I, again, this leave her alone. She's starring in a certain movie right now that's making a lot of money. Yes, which make and she did a did a very good job. But it's not the point. The point is that this is what in whitewashing. This the point is this is freaking stupid, and for them to just do this without really with, with sheer disregard is very disrespectful. And obviously, everyone's getting in on going in on them. Like, people are saying, you know, what the F? And, you know, are you serious right now? All sorts of stuff. And, I mean, this this involves, like, Japanese people. This involves uh, Pacific Islander people. This involves, like, uh, again, it's, it's just a mess. It's a mess. And I don't know what to do with this at all. I mean, it's really nothing to be said about it other than that this is a complete failure on their part. And it's going to flop. Like, that's the thing about it. It's like the less said about it, the better. Like, I mean, people would definitely need to tear this shit apart and let people know that it's trash and that this whole idea is trash. And I do want to give a big shout out to, you know, once again, the LOYC because he dropped this article this week. The I want to say the credits of appropriation. And in it, he made note that, you know, for a lot of times, like, you know, white people and white culture, especially in American white culture, is very vulture-ish. You know, it just steals and whitewashes and does all these things. But he also makes a note that, you know, we need to create our own characters. And then things like this happen where we ain't even creating a character. This is a real-life person who has descendants who are alive to this day. Right. And, and that's why I'm just like... Person. So this is like, this goes beyond it. Like, you say create your own characters, and you don't even have to create your own characters. You could be a real-life living person, and you can get whitewashed. So it's like, the whole idea of we got to just create our own, whatever, you know, that is, it's like, that's cool and all, but at the same so time, it's, this it's, is... It's too one-sided. Well, yeah, and let me, and not 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 even that. Let me finish there. It's not even that. The fact of the matter is, whitewashing and this nonsense of white supremacy will never stop, no matter what you do. If you sit there and say create your own characters and think that's to solve the problem, like you know, white supremacy is something you're gonna be like, oh, okay, look at them. They're creating their own characters. Let's leave that alone. Fuck out of here. What they're gonna do is take it and in any way, shape, or form whitewash it. That's how it's going to happen. Yes, we need to create our own characters. Yes, we need to own them. Yes, we need to own the studios that make the films once these characters get translated to the bigger market. But even then, you have to battle white supremacy on any level with any chance you get. So if they say make a black Nick Fury and Nick Fury is now black and every little kid growing up can see him to be black, that's cool as well. Because right over here, you got real life living people, Pacific Islanders who are now white. And... Here's my issue, another issue, rather, I have. The fuck. The fuck. <laughs> Zach, I don't care what anybody said. Like, I understand actors need work and all this other stuff. Zach could have turned this down. Nah, this is when you got to turn down. Iron Fist, Zach could have turned this down. Iron Fist, yo, get your money, uh, whatever your name is. This one, bro, you got to turn You could have turned down. down. Like, like I understand people, like, people want to say stuff like, oh, well, you know, they got to work too. No, work people. No, you can no, turn this down. No, this no. is not a good look for you. And my and I my feeling is if you have the proper team, your team would tell you, nah, Brett, this is a bad idea. But you yeah. don't have the proper team. They are no. setting you up. You've been set up, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> the whole studio, everyone, the producer, everyone involved in this has been set up because this is a flop waiting to happen. And, it's more than know, a flop. This is this is going to be a problem. And and. Oh. and this is this. I hope this gets shut down before it gets off the ground. I'm telling you right now, that is disrespectful as hell. As you said, this is a real life fuck. Was a real life motherfucking person. 
Yes, and his so, descendants are alive to this day, so it's like wild, disrespectful. So, you know, let's not spend too much time in the trifling heights because, you know, it's a quick trip over there. We're leaving that whole production over there. Big shout-out to Sophie Turner. She can rest her ass over there for a quick second, too. You know, just chill. You know, it's debatable, but, you know, you just chill for a second. And moving along to something much more enjoyable and beautiful, it's time for Let's Do That Dance. The guac is extra. Hey. And what we got first up, Tatiana? First up, we have a question from Steve, a.k.a. Deuce Wayne, a.k.a. Lexicon Luther. <laughs> Deuce Wayne. No. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> they write, what up, fam bros? Luke Cage and Black Panther have been representing for the culture recently. And even though he looks like a silver hawk, Cyborg will hit the scene soon. Wild disrespectful to Silver. Wild disrespectful. (laughs) He says he doesn't think he'll be as dope as the Teen Titans go Cyborg, though. Yeah, that's that's all. Yeah. Teen Teen Titans Cyborg, period. (laughs) Teen Titans Cyborg, period, regardless if it's go or the other one, it's it's very hard to beat. Well... Well, you don't like Teen Titans Go, but anyway. No, no, no. Some, no, I liked it, but I know a lot of people don't. I liked it. You know, when they I, when they dumbed it up, you know, people were kind of mad. I, I prefer the original. But anyway. Yeah. Towards that question, what are your thoughts on black superheroes represented in mainstream media? Well. Um, I mean. What I, black I, superheroes I, represented I, in mainstream media? <laughs> Which ones? <laughs> Where? Who? I mean, we got the upcoming Black Lightning. Don't be mad. You know. Okay. Who else? Um, it's quiet for you right now. Huh? War Machine. <laughs> well, okay, okay, yeah, we got we had um, Lucius Lyon as War Machine the first time. Um, well, he wasn't War Machine. Excuse me. We had him, and uh, yeah. You know, right again, I don't want to just focus on. <laughs> what about Falcon? Oh, well, you know how we feel around here. Well, um, <laughs> well, he be saying that I can't. He confuses me in real life. Just I, I don't know where his head really is at. But, but let's stick to the question. I mean, the question is, is, what are your thoughts on black superheroes represented in mainstream media? My, all of this nonsense I'm saying right now is, is me saying I, I don't know what to think because I feel like we're still not really represented. I mm-hmm. feel like when we do get a seat at the table, so to speak, it's still a limited seat. Mm-hmm. Or it's still kind of a parody of a seat. It's not quite the full breadth of what that superhero is. Case in point, we use her all the time, Storm. Storm is pretty much a god, okay? And the way that she's been represented many times throughout the last decade, decade and a half, it's a very weak persona of is a very weak representation of what she really is or who she really is of the type of power that she really has it's just one tenth of the strength of that character every time you see her and then the most recent version while alexander ship she didn't do a bad job at all she barely had any lines so what mm. am i supposed to think of these black superheroes that i may see but they're not being heard or i hear them but they're saying dumb shit like what am i supposed to think Thing is, though, uh, at the same time, well, they don't have like, a name like Cyborg. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone has their real name, and then what about this guy? Oh, he's a robot. What? Oh, um, it gets even worse though when you like, you know, speak of Latinx, of you know, Asian, of any 
person of color superhero. Oh, Jesus Lord. It gets even worse. So it's like I can't even complain about black because you know, we got Wally West, we got a few, and I don't expect, you know, that's something I don't expect every superhero to be Black Panther. Like I was I had a thread on Twitter about this the other day where I was talking about how it's just like um our recent guest when we were talking to I can't remember exactly who said it, but they're talking about writing for uh, Emily Browning. When she was talking about writing for women, you don't want them. And even uh, uh, Allison Williams made this point. Yeah. You don't want them to be like, I'm a woman. I'm a woman. I'm a woman. I don't want them to be that. Yeah. Just like, I don't need Black Panther to be like, I'm blacker than black. I'm black. I'm black. Like, you don't need that. You know, you just need him to be a fully realized character. And by doing that, it makes his blackness is evident because he's human and that will come across in that. You know, it's like you don't need every character to be black, black, black. Like, I didn't need Falcon or War Machine to be that. You know, I just needed them to be, you know, more than they were. But, yeah. So, yeah, um, I think that's cool. You know, I don't know. Tough question, you know. It's a tough question. And and I will give that to you. You did make a good point, Ben. Like, you we do have Wally West and stuff like that. I know some people are like, well, why don't you just be happy that you got somebody? No, I'm never oh, going to be happy. I'm nah. never going to be cool with it. I'm never going to be cool until we we all in there represent it right. Until we all represent it as full humans, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be cool with it, period. So yep. that's how I feel. Next question is from Comics Fan for Life. If you had to choose between becoming a vampire or a robot, which one would you pick and why? Mm. Full stop, a robot. Because I'm obsessed with technology and I don't, while I think it's dope to never age and live forever and all that other stuff, a robot could technically live forever as well. I'm not into the idea of drinking blood to subsist, to to, to, to live. (laughs) I'm not into having to, whether it's kill somebody or find some synthetic shit to drink. I'm I'm not really into that. It's kind of messy for me. I'm not into that. So I like the idea of robots because I know I can upgrade myself. I know that technology is only going to increase in scope and capability. And I know that, like, I just be, shit, I might be Brainiac. Mm. All right. I mean, I my first choice would be robot for all the reasons you mentioned above, but I'm going to give a counter to that and go with a daywalker. Because mm. I'd be good as long as I could feel the sun. You know, that's mm. my only thing about vampires that I can never F with. The fact that they couldn't go out in the sunlight, I can't deal with that because I'm, you know, I'm a beach. You know, I love all that. You know, I love the water. I love the sun. I can't not have the sunshine. But if I could be a daywalker, I'm down with it. Especially if I could be like a super ill daywalker who like has the other vampire powers, like controlling rats and bats and turning to smoke and mist and, you know, all that craziness. Then I'm, yes, all the way in. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Definitely. Next, but be on that robot, you know, super advanced. Next, yet. Take, over the, <laughs> take over the universe type shit. He won't let me be there. Next question. <laughs> Next question is from here to infinity. They write, what's your favorite video game power up or weapon? And what's the best video game movie adaptation? Mm-hmm. You go first on this, you know, tech, oh. you know, tech talk with Tatiana. That's a lot. That's a, this is a horrible. That's a lot, dude. Oh. I know one off the bat. This ain't even a power up, but there was this Quake gun. I can't remember exactly which Quake it was. It was probably Quake 3 or something. But it's like you could shoot these bubbles out into the air and then you could shoot a laser beam through the bubbles and they would explode. So it was like. <laughs> 
It was such an ill tactical weapon, you know, because the bubbles would float out slowly towards opponents. And then when you, you know, hit the laser beam, the laser beam would like shoot through each bubble and turn. And so then they would explode. Oh, it was that was an ill ass one. And the grenade launcher from Goldeneye, because I murder you for fun with that. Oh, That's my good. God. Oh, I'm bouncing shots off walls. Oh, it's nuts. I'm really like drawing a blank, not because I can't think of anything, but because I'm thinking of too many things and I can't, I can't pinpoint one thing. Oh, the spread run from Contra. Yeah. Oh, okay. Classic. Uh, yeah. Take it back. Uh, Grab so the spread gun before anyone else every time. <laughs> there's so much. Um, I mean, I can. Uh, the weapons is really hard. Honestly, the weapons is just really hard for me. I can think of power up like. Oh, just the most petty power up that I love. The blue shell, the blue tortoise shell, yes. the Mario Kart. That's the best power up, y'all. Oh, that that I love like I love it. I'd be like, oh, I just wait for you to think you you live in life, thinking life is sweet and bong, you done. I love it. The blue tortoise shell. Yeah, definitely. The blue tortoise shell has to be the most petty power up of all time. I love it. I live for that power up. Um yeah, man, like and then as far as video game, best video game movie adaptation, there were so many bad ones. Um, ah, they're so bad. They're so bad. I mean, most iconic, just because of the music, I would say, is Mortal Kombat to me. Mm. Um, no, Street Fighter, Raul Julia. Well, Raul Julia, yeah. As, as, no, well, just for, for music, I would say Mortal Kombat. For just playing character, yeah, Raul Julia as, as M. Bison. Um... They're so bad. <laughs> yeah, I can't think. There's, even nowadays, even in the modern times, they're just so bad. Like, what's a good was deal? One final, was Jamie Presley, uh, she huh? was in one, like, final fight or something. No. It yeah. It, uh, mm. Not that. Maybe. Uh, it's so bad. Yeah, I can't think of a good one. Resident Evil, them joints is terrible. Uh, oh, I didn't say, like I said, even the new shit's terrible. Like um, Ezio, uh, Assassin's Creed. Like yo, trash. Uh, <laughs> a lot. A lot you know, can't even. I can't even give it to any of the Final Fantasy movies. Those aren't good. Um, um, I mean, and they're technically not. Well, they're 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 not live adaptations. But I'm, I, I don't know. The Overwatch <laughs> anime are dope as hell. I can give it to that. Those are dope. But is that really a video game movie adaptation? I mean, they're short films. Uh, okay. And that's hey, that's all I got right now because it is tight. Um, yeah, I don't know about they're that. They're making a Castlevania movie. That's just gonna be weak. It's here's the thing. I just feel like not everything is. It sounds like a good idea to you, but there's a reason why video game movies have largely failed for thirty years or more. Like. Video games, certain many video games is just a different type of genre that is not easily translatable. Just like certain books can't really be translated well, certain certain things just don't translate well from a movie role. Now you can blame the writers, you can blame the directors or whatever else, but also I feel like not all, but certain properties are best suited for that particular platform. There's mm. certain things about certain video games that work amazing on a console because it's a one-to-one experience it's you with the controller whether it's you know you playing with a joystick whether you're playing with a handheld thing or whether it's motion control whether it's vr control there's something about you being 
immersed in representing that character, whether it's one or many, it's you doing the work. So to turn that to more of a passive view and you're sitting there watching this character where you're not really necessarily interacting with them, I think that's a hard sell many times. So I'm not, I don't, I can't really say there's best video game movie adaptation. There's, maybe you can fight for which one is the worst. Oh, but that's, that's a tough battle. I mean, that is, that's a slaughterhouse right there. It's like, it's like. Right, we'll ooh, never, we'll never get wow. out of the block if, if we answer I mean, that. You know, because right there you got to throw Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat back into that. <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah, we're, we'll never get out of the guac right. if, if we do that. <laughs> Round um, <of> twenty. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna stop there for guac because <laughs> we can go on forever. That's a tough one. That is a tough one, man. Yeah. Best. You, uh, you guys, hey, you guys, tweet us and let us know what, what you. I'm sure there may be something we're not thinking of, but we probably think it's trash anyway. Tweet us and let us know what is the best video game movie adaptation or even the worst. Let us know at Fanbro Show. Word up. And as always, hit us with your questions, contact at fanbros.com, or you can hit us on the Twitter at Show. Shout out to everyone who sent us in their questions this week. Huge response. Thank you for that. If we didn't get to your question this week, keep sending them in. We, you know, we got them on storage, but, you know, as always, hit us with new questions every week at Show. Contact at fanbros.com. And, we, you know, we might get to your question at a later week, a later time. You never know when it's going to happen for you out there. Thank you to all the new listeners, all the new subscribers, as well as all the old ones. Big shout-outs to everybody out there in that comment section. It's been popping lately, man. I'm at the, ooh, man, man, man. <laughs> Man, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. You yeah. know, we'll get back. We'll, we'll, we'll get back. To, I, I, you know, I got some more to say on that in a second. But right now, I got some kind of sad news. I still don't really believe it, though, for real. Honestly, I still really? don't believe it. No, but, I, but it came no. straight from her. I know, but I just, I refuse to give up hope. My Mary Jane is black. Like I need it to be so. But Zendaya says that she is definitely not, definitely not yeah. playing Mary Jane. The new Spider-Man Homecoming, and her character is indeed named Michelle. Yeah, after the MTV Movie and TV Awards, MTV spoke to MTV actually spoke to Zendaya and asked her point blank, and she said, "Quote: My character is 100% Michelle. That's her name. I promise, I'm not lying. She's definitely a different character. Uh, she says I wanted to make her." different she's had a lot of really cool ideas about her michelle says weird things at the right wrong times but that's why people like her so 100 percent not mary jane all right well and also 100 percent no romantic implications with spider-man oh so yeah. he really is going with uh liz allen in this joint yeah probably i all mean right. but, but that's one thing the whole thing about the the romantic love they said that if she's playing this michelle person there was not going to be romantic if it turned out that she was mary jane and obviously um yep. you know you gotta do the whole mj thing but nah homie sorry your mary jane is still black in your, in your head she's still black this is true this is this is true you know and i will also always take a redhead of mary jane i have right. nothing against that don't get me wrong right. you know that, that's and, how i grew up right and it, she says she's also not lying but that doesn't mean that it's not going to be flipped later Mm-hmm. because Michelle can mean anything like, like maybe that's the middle name like I know everyone's also we may be just holding on too much to hope but we never really know how this might flip later um and Spider-Man when does it even come out Spider-Man comes out 
uh, July. So you still have time. <laughs> no, I, I I believe her, and at the same time, I'm actually kind of hyped for this news because that's dope that you know. Okay, that it's not a romantic thing between them two. And also that she's a new character. I really liked her line, you know, in the trailer, you know, the whole, who are you really, Peter? And then I don't care. Like, that was great, you know, and also <laughs> different than Mary Jane. So, you know, I'm hyped for it because they already got Liz Allen, right? They got, um, is it Liz Allen? Am I butchering that name? I have no idea. It doesn't even matter. But, you know, they already got, you know, Peter's romantic interest. You know, they got her. They got his other friend. So I'm... I'm super hyped for Homecoming. And, you know, she could play whoever she yeah. wants. She's in there. And, and also, salutes to both of them who killed it on Lips yes. in Battle. Holy-ish. Zendaya went off and snapped when she did Erica Badu lip sync. And then Tom Holland did a lip sync of uh, Rihanna's Umbrella. And they both... Oh, I mean... They did more than that, but like they went off. And then Zendaya even did a, a 24 karat magic Bruno Mars situation. She was dressed just like him. She looked just like Bruno Mars. Um, Tom Holland did not look just like <laughs> Rihanna, but he had the whole outfit. He had the whole cabaret looking outfit. He had the black bob wig doing all of his uh, flips and windmills and shit in the water. It looked fantastic. Mm, no, nah, they're both beasts. You know, I'm super hyped for Homecoming. I've been hyped for, you know, I, you know, I sat here and said many a time on this show that I never wanted to see another Peter Parker movie. Same. And as soon as Tom Holland stepped on the screen in Civil War, I wanted to see, you know, 20 more Peter Parker movies. Right. So, with, him, with him. With yes, him. Yeah. With him. I, I, I told you, I had no desire to see spider-man anything and he changed my mind just off the sheer strength of him so good job guys yeah great job and in some other big news there is going to be an r-rated reboot of hellboy uh the yeah. first one wasn't r-rated no i don't think so the what? second one definitely wasn't. They were no. I think they might have been PG thirteen at most. They mm. were not. You know, like they were definitely not the dark. That's the thing. Like you know, Del Toro did a great job on both of those films. I loved them. You know, Pearlman is Hellboy, all that. But they are definitely wild different from the comic. The comic is super dark. The you know the movies did a lot to establish Hellboy as a character that the comics don't do as well though. So you know we'll see what happens with this. But they have a really good director behind it and uh dude from stranger things is playing hellboy david harbour the guy that played the cop in stranger yeah things. yep okay so, so that that's pretty cool uh, i don't know enough about hellboy to really weigh in too heavy about it yep. i will say that i've always been you know fan of pearlman as as mm-hmm. hellboy i just feel like i mean he's also legendary so that's that's part yeah. of it but like you said, he you had told me earlier, you know, he he's a, maybe a little too old to play that role now, so they they're gonna have to move on. I'm not again, I'm not sure why we're rebooting, but hey, whatever. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that he's a little too old. I think he could still pull it off. I think it's more that Del Toro is constantly announcing movies that he's gonna do and projects and TV and books and mm. comics and everything, and it's like he never gets around to it, so they just had to move on and. It happens, you know, it's a business. But David Harbour, I also really liked in Stranger Things. I've seen him in a couple other joints, and he's been good in everything I've seen him in. So, you know, give him a shot. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I still like Ron Perlman. I mean, I mean, come to on. your point, I don't think he's too old or anything. I mean, there's such a thing as special effects and makeup, I and mean, you see how yeah. they did Kurt Russell in all them other movies. So I mean, you see how they did like Nah, we good. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, but at the same time, you know, sometimes, and I do would like to see the R-rated version of this. You know, the real dark, you know, more true to the comics version of Hellboy. I would really okay. like to see that. So you know, we'll see what happens. So it's not just a flat. It's it would be you're saying even though it's a reboot, which I which I I abhor. The idea of reboots a lot of times, it's still bringing something new to the table with the R-rating, oh, hopefully. Yeah, if, especially if you they really go closer to the comics, then okay. it's going to be a way different than what the book is. So okay. you ain't got to worry. I mean, the, movie, the last two movies, you ain't got to worry about that at all. Oh, okay. And uh, speaking of comics, I guess that means it's time for Comics I Copped. And this week, you know, big shout outs to everybody using that Comics I Copped hashtag. It was free comic book day, so everybody was out. I love to see everybody. Yo, so many people using the hashtag, picking up so much stuff, y'all. I mean, I saw, like, people getting busy, yo. Like, I was jealous as hell, for real, because it was a lot of stuff. I picked up a few joints, you know. I grabbed most of the free comic book day joints. I really like uh, Stratty Young dropped this joint called I Hate Image, where Mm -hmm. it's, like, his uh, character from his book, um, I'm not sure her name. His character is like, I'm, this book is like this fairy tale book where it's like Alice is trapped in Wonderland forever, but she like stays as a little Alice and she goes psychotic because of it and murders the rest of Wonderland. So basically his book is this little girl going through the rest of the image universe, like the walking dead, invincible saga, everything chew and killing off everyone. Oh, so, whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't expect that one. <laughs> Did not so, expect you to say that. Stratty Young is that artist we talked about him before on the show when he did that. Um, he did a Riri Williams cover, and people were kind of mad at it. But I had explained that you know his art is always these little babies. That's what he does. These little cute little kids. So it's like this cute little girl killing the rest of the Image universe. So it's if you picked that up, that was one of my favorite joints for Free Comic Book Day. I also picked up the two Mockingbird trades from Marvel by Chelsea Kane and Kate Nimzik. And I hope I got that right because the Mockingbird trades, it's two of them. It's just like Vision. It's two of the best trades you'll probably ever pick up in your life. Like, it's a real shame to me what happened to Chelsea Kane because she's a successful author on her own. And she, it seems to have been driven out of comics just because of the reaction to these two books. And it's a real shame because they're like really fantastic comic books. And Mockingbird is a dope character and she takes full advantage of her and just writes, you know, a really dope story that people got mad at it because people don't like, you know, I don't know, strong, intelligent women. I, you know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I you know, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm. <laughs> You know, and like I say, shout out to some of the commenters out there because people have been having a lot to say lately about, you know, some of the choices, some of the things I big up. And I read everything. Like, I'm reading the latest X-Men reboot from Marvel. It's whatever. You know, I'm sorry to say that's just the facts. I read the first issue of Jean Grey. It's cool. It's, you know, nothing to write home about. Um, and people are like, you know, dissing Mockingbird and the author in our comment section. And, you know, if you've actually read these things, it's some of the best comments you ever read. So whatever to that, 
picked those up. Also pick up the God hate. I picked up the God hates astronaut trade, the second one by Ryan Brown. And if you've ever read God hates astronauts, it's just as insane as the title is. I cannot even tell you what this book is about. If you just want to read something that's completely hilarious, completely ridiculous, and just like an example of how insane comic books can be, then you need to pick up God Hates Astronauts. Uh, Ryan Brown actually has a new book out from Image called Curse Words. Mm -hmm. I haven't picked that up yet, but I'm sure it's great because God Hates Astronauts is just one of the best things ever. It's just completely out of control. There's a race of tiger aliens who are named like King Admiral eating a cheeseburger and um, the King eating a cheeseburger and his son Admiral Tiger eating a cheeseburger. So, <laughs> what? Okay. That's the type of book we're dealing with. And that's just, I'm not even scratching the surface of how ridiculous this book it is, but it's just one of my favorite books. I read the first trade a while ago. I met Ryan at uh, Comic Con a couple years ago. Great dude. And I finally picked up the second trade and just, just insane in the best way. So, definitely check that out. Also, this week in stores, real quick. America from Marvel, the third issue is out featuring everyone's favorite, Miss America Chavez. I'm loving that book. I'm really waiting on the trade, but you know, you should pick those singles issues up as well. Eternal Warrior dropped a new issue from Valiant Comets. Valiant's killing it right now. So, you know, if you want to check out their books, Eternal Warrior is a great book to start with. Black Panther and the Crew, number three from Marvel, also dropped. You know, Ta-Nehisi Coates, all that good stuff. And Star Wars, the streaming Citadel dropped which is the new star wars book by kieran gillen the author of wicked and divine young okay. avengers everything awesome and he recently wrote the darth vader series from marvel which is just whew, like besides rogue one that's the best version of darth vader i've ever seen like it's really just, oh yeah. yeah i did see the panel today yeah, yeah, yeah. yes i posted the fire. panel on the instagram the other day you can check it out it's a classic I mean, Darth Vader just sick, so I haven't even got to read this Star Wars The Streaming Citadel, and I'm highly recommending it. It's a story featuring Luke Skywalker and this other character, Dr. Aphra, he introduced in uh, the Darth Vader series, and Dr. Aphra is this woman who's like a archaeologist in space, but she's pretty corrupt. So I loved her in the Darth Vader series, and I can't wait to read this book, so definitely check that out. And one last one, Rocket number 1. By the homie Al Ewing, who writes Ultimates, drop today. Rocket number one, of course, features Rocket Raccoon. And it's basically Rocket Raccoon going on a bunch of heists in space. So check that out as well. If you love Rocket, if you love Guardians and are looking for something else to check out, pick that up. Rocket number one by Al Ewing. And whoo, that's it for Comics I Cop this week. I, Yo, I thought it was a thick Comics I Cop section today. Yeah, I thought it was going to be short, but, you know, it turns out, you know, it's a few joints I got to shout out. But definitely Mockingbird and God Hates Astronauts are my two trades of the week. Pick them joints up. Check it out. And winding down, just want to make note that uh, congratulations to everyone that hates Sleepy Hollow for turning their back on their fans <laughs> because they're getting canceled. <laughs> After season four, they are done data. Uh, Judge Dredd is getting a live action TV show. I don't think that's going to last long, but good luck wow. to them. Wow. Season. Early, early hate. I'm, I, I'm not early hate. I just, I just, I, they've tried. I feel like they tried this already and it didn't work out. Mm. I, I really do feel like they, it's been done or tried. I don't know, but I just, 
again, the, some stuff just doesn't translate necessarily. Um, season seven will be the last for Scandal. I'm not mad about it. I think it's time. Have you um, finished Dear White People? Say what? Have you finished Dear White no, People? No, I have not finished Dear White People. Okay, well, they have a running thing. I think the name of the show is Desperation, but there's a running like scandal type show yeah, that yeah. everybody <laughs> gathers to watch. <laughs> And, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh my God! It just yeah. Scandal needs to be over. It, it, because it's pretty much it's, it's it has started to become a parody of itself. And yeah. at this point, is they've they've run the its course in terms of the types of stories that can happen. You can't kidnap Olivia anymore. You can't almost uh, burn down the world anymore. Enough. We we did that already. Um, just let it go. Um, and and plus, I've just been irritated with her for for quite some time now. Um, but it's, it's been a good run and it's still, it's still paved the way for, for tons of stuff. So definitely shouts to scandal and also make sure you guys are checking out Netflix since eight season two is out now. And I did see Ty the robot doing some live tweeting. So make sure you follow him if you want to, um, also follow along in the series. Orange is the new black is coming back June 9th and house of cards is coming back before that on May 30th. So make sure you guys are tuned in. And, of course, as always, you need to check out The Get Down on Netflix. Season 2 is out right now. And also, like we just said, Dear White People, also on Netflix right now. You really need to be watching those, you know, because, you know, fan bros might have a few things in the words. We we might. We might, you know. You know, listen to the next episode. Uh (laughs) You know, things could be happening right there. But, you know, as always, you should be subscribed to Fan Bros Show on SoundCloud on iTunes. That way you wouldn't have to worry because every week it'll drop right into your inbox. You'll get that notification on your device and boom in your ear hole. Beautiful. Make sure you are subscribed. We are on every platform basically imaginable. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, your favorite podcast aggregator, We are on every single thing. There's no reason why you can't find us. If there's something wrong, you can't find us. You need to tell us and we will make it right. As always, as Ben, I mean, make sure you subscribe, make sure you're rating us and make sure you're leaving a review, leaving a comment. Please share the word. I did see that there are a lot of people subscribed to us in the last month. So thank you. Thank you for your support. Definitely keep doing the, putting the word out there. Keep harassing Twitter to verify us. I don't know why they won't, but <laughs> keep harassing them. I've seen the tweets. Thank you very much. And as always, please make sure you're going to lootcrate.com slash fanbros and using the code fanbros because every month you are going to get dope gamer and geek gear that you will not get anywhere else. We show y'all on our videos. We talk about it on the show. It is not a game with the loot crates. You get the craziest stuff in there and you can't get it on Amazon or anywhere else. And if you want it, you're probably gonna have to buy it off eBay and it's going to be a price hike. So definitely check that out. Again, lootcrate.com slash fanbros. Use the code fanbros. No, for real, because I always talk about the socks, but I think last month they came with this Predator t-shirt and we had it on our Instagram, on the Snapchat, but I didn't even realize how, like, I'm so clueless because it wasn't until I got home and I looked at it again that I realized that the Predator's skull is being formed by the trees and then uh, Dutch is standing, I mean, yeah, Dutch is standing down in the middle of it, Arnold Schwarzenegger standing in the middle of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, the shit is hot fire. They're, honestly, their designs just be on point. 
So mm-hmm. like, and you know, we don't, we not about no crap. So we definitely going to make sure we give you guys the real. So check that out for sure. Hit it up, hit us up again. If you want to join the fan bros family and you want to contribute in some way, shape or form, hit us up, contact at fanbros.com. And also let us know about your projects because that's also why we're here. We're here to elevate and support you all. And we want to make sure that you guys know that we love you. Fan bro.